0: We live in a world where every voice is unique. The Ascend Together podcast taps into these voices in open dialogues that cover personal and professional journeys, the power of human potential, and emerging trends and ideas within our communities. I'm your host, Varun Chandrasekhar, and today we're going to be speaking with someone whose company is helping drive inclusivity in the job application and recruitment process. Jahanze Bansari is co-founder and CEO of Naukri, a company with a mission to align diversity in hiring. Nokri works with Fortune 500 companies to transform their talent acquisition and raise awareness about issues like unconscious bias in the recruitment process, and the steps an organization can take to eliminate it. Johan Zabe was recently named to the Forbes Technology Council and served as a key advisory member to the World Economic Forum's Global Council on Equality and Inclusion. He is also a past recipient of Ascend Canada's Innovator of the Year Award for his efforts to reduce unconscious bias and increase diversity in the workplace. Welcome, Jahanze.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Farun. It's such a pleasure to be on this podcast with you.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you're someone we you really wanted to bring on the show for a while now, so appreciate you making the time. Uh, typically, how we start these conversations off is to get a background about yourself. So could you tell us a little bit more about Naukri and what it does?
1: Absolutely. So we help large organizations including uh, IBM, Shopify and like Department of Defense essentially reduce bias in the hiring process. And what we've created is an is an automated behavioral video assessment that is essentially at the top of the hiring funnel and it's helping these companies reduce bias, increase gender and racial diversity and shortlist the best fit candidates to interview without tokenism, and really just just making sure that each and every single person has a fair and equal opportunity as it comes to applying to a job.
0: That's so interesting. Could, could you build on what you mean when you say tokenism?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our goal here is not to fill a diversity quota. Our goal here is to make sure that every person that is applying is assessed in a fair and just manner. And so we're not helping companies explicitly bring in or hire more diverse candidates, as in just for the sake of, of, of diversity. We have created an assessment that is actually helping organizations assess everybody in a fair and just manner. And by just the notion of that, we've been able to increase gender and racial diversity by up to 25 percent, in their short list of candidates. And so what we've like proven out, of course, is that these candidates are not just racially and gender diverse, they're actually better performing talent as well. And it's just because there's some cracks in the hiring process, and like because of certain unconscious biases, these folks get like
0: looked over. You know, I love that there's already this myth that diversity often comes at the expense of quality. And so it's great to hear in the context of that, how Naukri isn't about filling quotas. Um, how do you know the markers of what's going to be successful in a job and where do you get that kind of data?
1: That's a great question. So uh, I would just step back a little bit and share that we have built our technology uh, and merged it with the practice of industrial organizational psychology. And IO psychology is a very, like, coveted and highly, like, respected field in, in, like, workforce science as it essentially has mapped out the correlations to success predictors of pretty much all job roles out there universally. And the practice of IO psychology started, I believe, at the time of, like, World War II, when they had to measure like certain certain competencies, certain attributes in the workforce. So, so we've taken this and we've learned what correlates to success in a particular job role. So whether you're in the banking sector, or you're in the consulting sector, or the technology sector, we have essentially mapped out what attributes or competencies are like successful. So as an example, if you're a consultant, it could potentially be a growth mindset, collaboration, uh, leadership skills, agility. And essentially, we've been able to break down what each of these attributes mean and what the sub-attributes are also, how, how they all measure up to this as well.
0: Right. So I'm curious to know, what's the kind of analysis your technology does to ensure that it is bias-free?
1: You know, Varun, what makes us really different is that we don't train any of our data on historical AI models that are based on previous hiring manager decisions at an organization because this actually tends to further perpetuate bias in the hiring process. You might have heard about Amazon. You know, they had a resume screening technology. And this resume screening technology was actually ingesting historical data, which was essentially kicking out qualified female candidates from the hiring process because all of the data that it was being trained on was just men who had hired other men for the last 10 years. And so we are very, very like wary of algorithmic bias and we are taking a very different and science-based approach. We have trained our technology on the practice of industrial organizational psychology. And from an I.O. standpoint, we are utilizing a behavioral-based assessment that does not create any subgroup differences in the hiring process. There's another type of assessment called a cognitive-based one that has been used for the longest time, and it's still being used, and it shows a lot of subgroup differences in lower socioeconomic statuses, which means that a bunch of people unfairly get kicked out of the hiring process because they have not been exposed to these types of assessments in like cognitive-based. In the case of NOCRI, it shows zero subgroup differences. In fact, when the Department of Defense was using NOCRI, we showed a much higher representation in women, minority groups, and folks with disabilities that scored the highest in the shortlisting process. And our goal is to fix the broken hiring process and to make sure that each and every single person has a fair shot and is evaluate, evaluated extremely fairly.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for breaking that down. Uh, how did the idea of Nokri come about to you? Like, Could you tell us a little bit more about the origin story and what gave birth to your startup?
1: It's been a very interesting path for us. And one of the catalysts was... I was applying to jobs myself and I wasn't hearing back from a lot of employers. As you can all hear, I've got a long ethnic name, which is Jahan Zabe and one of my co founders, Maz suggested that I anglicize it. And we went from a variation of Jordan, like Jason, Jacob, and literally in four to six weeks I got a job. And with that experience, we just felt like there's so many people that are being overlooked, and that there has to be a better solution. And so I came together with a machine le- learning scientist who's my who's our third co-founder, and an I/O psychologist to to create Notfree. And long story short, we started to get some really good traction, signed on some big customers, closed several million dollars off like financing, and we grew from a small team of three to like more than 30, 35 people now.
0: Wow, that's a great story. It's so important for people to remember that we don't have to change who we are in order to succeed. And kudos to your team for really going out and solving that problem at scale. Jahadziv, could you tell us a little bit more about your journey as a person? We'd love to hear about where you grew up and, and some of the experiences that really helped shape you as an individual
1: absolutely so i'm i'm a person that embodies several cultures and it's it's really funny cuz a lot of folks in canada are of the same way as well so i was born in pakistan and then my family moved to saudi arabia and we came to canada in 97 and i would say that moving from from the middle east to like canada absolutely like was a shock i think as a child sort of growing up in extremely like warm weather It was an amazing feeling to sort of have like sun out 365 days a year, to be playing outside all the time, to sort of being like in, in like six months of winter. And I think that initial transition was extremely challenging. But as a family, like we realized that we are transitioning or immigrating for a better lifestyle, which was actually... Like the like the best decision I think my parents have ever made, and then just like coming to Canada and just not knowing anybody here and and, and growing up in a in a very predominantly Caucasian neighborhood with a long ethnic name and it was very very difficult those first couple of years. What sort of I would say kept us going? It is just we have moved to a new country, we have moved here for a better opportunity. And we have to make the best of ourselves. And I think just that that like grit and like resilience I feel has transpired from the immigrant journey to sort of what I'm working on now. And that embodies I think every aspect of my life now.
0: Great. That's a that's an awesome summary of the immigrant experience and really the resilience that we as a community have as a result of what we go through. My next question is, you know, it has two parts. The first part is, did you have feelings of doubt, you know, setbacks and failures in your journey? And I feel like the answer is going to be yes. And and how did you overcome them? Uh, and and the second part of that question is really around like, you know, what according to you are some defining entrepreneurial attributes of those who make it?
1: <laughs> okay. So, well, this is um, it's a really good question, by the way. I would say, feelings of doubt, like setbacks and failures? Absolutely. I think every entrepreneur sort of goes through this. And in fact, a lot of you can't probably tell, but I, I also, I grew up with a terrible speech impediment, so I used to stutter quite a lot. And so I think for me, sort of battling, stuttering, being in like a new environment, even as an immigrant, and just trying to learn very quickly I would say was like something that sort of like stuck along with me for like a while and 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 you know starting knockery I was gonna say that like you know you, you have this as a founder there's this this like a roller coaster journey and like and and some days are gonna be really good and other days are gonna be like oh my god like why am I doing this like what did I get into I'm in the wrong thing and this kind of happened and I think what I've really like to learn now is that the number one thing that I feel that has changed my entire like perception on life and how I see things is this is that bad things are gonna happen and that's just part of life so you have to embrace the suck I would say just embrace that things are gonna break and things are gonna happen but you sort of mentally have to be like prepared and anticipate these because what really i i would say has built my character is how i handle this so instead of like breaking down and beating myself up continuously it's just i would say now i'm a lot more <laughs> and i think one word i would say like stable and like how i see things and how i see like setbacks because at, at the end of the day What I feel like makes somebody extremely successful especially on the entrepreneurial side is how hungry you are to to actually succeed and the bigger that hunger is the farther you're gonna get and and also what is that hunger like fueled by right like in our case it's making sure that each and every single person has a fair uh, and equal opportunity and so when your hunger is like deeply rooted in a mission then I think you can go extremely far because let's face it, it's not going to be rosy. It's not going to be rainbows and sunshine. And you just have to embrace the suck, just be extremely like resilient and also have the mindset that it's going to all work out. It's And even if it doesn't, you like probably have learned something that is a piece of education you would have never been able to get.
0: That's powerful. Thank you for sharing Jehanzeb, we've seen how the pandemic has accelerated accelerated the normalization of remote work, almost to the point where we're even seeing geographic barriers being eliminated when it comes to hiring. How have things changed for Nakri as a result of COVID?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. COVID has undoubtedly accelerated a lot of transformation, as you know, as you all know. In our case, it really accelerated HR transformation and the communication norm over over like video it like became very like normalized and this extremely helped us in the sense that a lot of companies were before digital assessments or assessments like knockery there was a a a shift of transformation and it wasn't there at that stage and i feel like with COVID, it just accelerated that so the adoption of of like video Doing video interviews, like video assessments, it became the norm. And then, with the with the murder of George Floyd, it actually highlighted the amount of systemic racism, just in like corporate America and corporate Canada, and and all over the world. And this like further accelerated the focus on diversity and in the workforce, diversity in. In like several in several areas, and so I would think for Notre, COVID accelerated a bunch of HR transformation, and the and the murder of George Floyd like really showed the world what like what systemic bias is, and what is out there that we can utilize to uh, eradicate it. So we experienced a fair amount of growth actually from now until then, with unfortunate sort of wall like world events. And I would say, as it pertains to like to like remote work now, we were actually initially opposed, uh, to be frank, and even as a startup, we're a, a fast growing team. And we wanted to make sure that we have a, a like cohesive culture. As you grow two or three times over a year, it's very difficult for you to maintain that. And so we were like initially hyper focused on keeping talent in 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 Ontario, but we soon realized that the quality of output, like somebody is able to make, like whether they're in Mexico City or they're in Spain or they're in in like Dallas, Texas, is fairly fairly the same. I would just say one thing is that we or we try our best to make sure that this person is in a close enough time zone so we can sort of be on calls together and we can essentially like work together just to make sure it's not impacting any any efficiency
0: amazing and so what growth opportunities are you most excited about both from a business perspective but also from a diversity and inclusion perspective
1: the next phase for us is how can we continue the value that we provide to our customers as it comes to as it comes to like reducing bias in the hiring process. And so now we're essentially looking to embed our technology into tools like Cisco WebEx, into Microsoft Teams, into tools like Zoom. And I'm also extremely excited about what the metaverse is going to bring. Because I feel that at the core of it, you are being able to sort of like, you know, recruit talent, find talent that might be floating in the metaverse now, of which you cannot sort of like tell apart to race, gender, ethnicity. I think this is going to be extremely interesting. And I can already see certain companies trying to set up like, you know, like a, like a recruiting platform there. Because this is where a lot of the world is going now. So, and I know this might be extremely sort of radical to a lot of the listeners, but so was social media back in 2008, 2009. Who thought that, that you know, large banks and large, like, conservative companies could be on TikTok? And so, and so, you know, this is a, I feel like, like a shift that we probably are going to have to adapt to. It might take slower, but I'm, I'm really excited about, like, what's going to come out of this
0: yeah that's so important here, and you know it's pretty awesome, like so in summary, like would it be accurate to say that Nokri is just one part of a larger solution when it comes to reducing bias in the hiring process?
1: yeah, absolutely. like we're not a a silver bullet as it comes to like reducing bias, right? Like I think this is sort of like more the mentality of leveraging technology to like reduce bias in the hiring process. I would say that's where where like we'd come in. And we plug into like major applicant tracking systems, into SAP Success Factors, into Workday, all the big ones out there. And essentially we would be a, the way a candidate interacts with us is that like when they apply to a job at a company, it automatically triggers a custom branded assessment that looks like it's coming from, let's say, RBC or from TD Bank, etc. So it's custom branded. And then the candidate would respond to three to five pre-recorded video questions from the uh, employer. And our goal is to make the process very personable. So the employer has an introduction video, uh, like where they talk about themselves, about the organization, and they have three to five questions and uh, an outro video. And the candidate actually has the opportunity to to take a practice test and to like respond at their own convenience. And they don't have to keep the video on. Like the video is just for the experience of taking a like virtual assessment. And so we're solely analyzing the audio transcript. And so the candidate can even turn the video off if they wanted to. And we just analyze that and, and the candidate at the end of the process actually can score the experience because we wanna make sure that we're not just helping employers, we're creating a better experience for candidates like you and I who've, who've applied to jobs before. And so at the end of every assessment, they would rate the actual experience and and give comments on that as well. So, and that is a huge part of us getting feedback and you know how we drive uh, like product improvements.
0: Yeah, I know, thanks so much for adding color to that. I wanna talk about something that we've been hearing a lot about, like Nokri's recent campaign, Not a Token Hire. Could you tell us a little bit more about how that came to be? Absolutely, yeah. So I think what our
1: sort of notion is that N- nobody should wake up sort of one day and and be like, oh my God, I got this job, because I was the only minority and they were trying to fill a job role, right? Like, nobody feels good about that. They wanna know that, that they got hired based on how good of a talent they are. And, and, you know, we just saw a lot of companies, part of them trying to hit their mandates, which is, which is difficult, of course, but just hiring like diverse talents for the sake of like diverse talent, and then the feedback that we'd get from the chief diversity officers is that this talent ends up leaving because the environment is not inclusive. There aren't any senior leaders from that, from that background, uh, et cetera. So tokenism, like what it does is that, yes, it allows you to bring in a diverse candidate, but they might not end up staying at your company for too long. And they don't, they don't like waking up and sort of knowing that they got hired just because they were a minority. And so we started a campaign that's called "Not a Token Hire," like which actually has done phenomenally well. But the first post on LinkedIn got nearly 50,000 likes, about three million views, and we're just trying to like raise awareness of some of these like systemic challenges and what we can essentially do to address that
0: that's awesome to hear uh, Johan we're coming to the end of our conversation and I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that Ascend Canada is celebrating its 10 year anniversary and it would be great for our listeners to know about your association with Ascend and the role that you see groups like ours playing in corporate Canada
1: yeah no absolutely I think Ascend Canada has been a phenomenal organization in terms of like personal and like business growth about four years ago, I was awarded as a Send Canada's Innovator of the Year, which you know significantly helped me to expand my network and get and get our work out there to a lot of these senior leaders, like whether it's in, in in the banking sector or 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 the consulting sector or the technology sector, and like you know we were able to grow the company in a period of four years from about three people to like north of 35 now and what i'm extremely excited to share is being able to give back now so i am now participating on a, a sense advisory committee like what just started a, a couple of weeks ago to essentially see how we can further you know help the community and make sure that you know pan asian talent has all the right access to be able to climb up the ladder and also explore other opportunities if they wish so, and if, and just helping them like build a better network as well.
0: Oh, congratulations. Really excited to hear that you're part of our advisory committee. And we're really looking forward to seeing Nakri go from strength to strength. Uh, Jahanze, what's the best way for listeners to connect with you?
1: So they can reach out to me over two ways. One is just find me on LinkedIn. My name is Jahanze Bansari, or they can shoot me off in email at j.ansari at notfree.com and I'd be happy to connect.
0: Amazing. On that note, thank you so much Jahanze, for being here with us today. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure you follow us on LinkedIn at SN Canada to join and engage with our community. If you liked our episode today, please rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for tuning in and have a great day. <clears throat>